0: You are listening to the EdTech Takeout from Grantwood AEA, an educational service agency that supports school districts in eastern Iowa with a focus on equity, excellence, and efficiency in education for all children.
1: Welcome to episode 40 of the EdTech Takeout, the podcast that serves up bite sized technology tips for teachers. My name is Mindy Carney, and I am joined by the one, the only, Jonathan Wiley.
2: Jeez, that's quite the introduction, Mindy.
1: Well, you know, I'm feeling extra special today.
2: Now I am feeling oh, extra right. special. Oh, right. No, that's too. what I meant.
1: I meant that. I meant yeah. I wanted you to feel extra special. It's not about me, it's about you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So, what's <laughs> up? How are you?
2: I'm pretty good. Yeah. Um, I Since the last time we recorded, I did have the unfortunate um, experience of having two wisdom teeth removed. Really? So, Are you
1: sixteen or what?
2: I I, I know <laughs> this is something I'm learning about that in this country that people normally get these out when they're teenagers, right. but um, not so much in the country of my birth. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I had to have two wisdom teeth taken out, so and it, it turned into a cautionary tech tale.
1: Oh, okay. Shed some light on that.
2: Yeah, I know. I I went in and got hooked up to all these machines, and uh, they gave me. A sedation because uh, one of the uh, wisdom teeth was lying on a root, which gives me the
1: EVDBS. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Me yeah. too. And they yeah. just wanted
2: to make sure that you know, if they were digging around there, that you know, if anything oh, went wrong. To use
1: the word "digging around." <laughs> oh my gosh, that's even worse.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Um, So they gave me this uh, sedative, uh, which took effect very quickly. Uh Um, It was just a case of he walked in and goes, yeah, this will take about uh, 15 seconds before you uh, notice something. And that's the last thing I heard for an hour because I woke up with the nurse, like, tapping on my wrist saying, Jonathan, Jonathan. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're done. Awesome. Because I didn't feel anything at all, which was amazing. Yeah, um so I woke up and there's uh there's a wheelchair next to me waiting at the bedside here so I had to get wheelchaired <laughs> out to the car where my wife was waiting. Yeah. Um uh, because I needed a designated driver cuz I felt all kind of weird and yeah. fuzzy on the yeah sure on the sedative. Uh-huh. So I get into the car and <laughs> for some reason the first thing I decided to do is start Texting everybody I know and sending them selfies of me after I walked out of surgery. I know. Because <laughs> you got one. I got one. Sort of, it wasn't a great picture. It was like me with like gauze hanging at both sides of my mouth. It was.
1: You look like a walrus.
2: I can see that. Or you like know. Turner
1: and Hooch. Have you seen the movie Turner and Hooch with the dog and with with the, the drool? slobber? Yeah.
2: There wasn't Drew, was there? It
1: wasn't. Well, I guess I, I should... Yeah. I don't know. We promised to, like, just let that photo go. We promised not to meme it.
2: I know. (laughs) I I remember distinctly telling my wife, I do not want to be on America's Funniest Videos. Do not start taking video of me when I'm in this drugged up state. Yeah. And I decided to do it to myself, apparently. Yeah.
1: Well, even the text (sighs) that you sent with it, like, didn't make any sense.
2: Yes. And I don't know if that was autocorrect or me just, like, randomly (laughs) pressing buttons on my phone because... I mean, the one I sent to my mother-in-law said, like, oh wow, my- love, P-Q-E-S-T-D or something. And I'm like, what is going on? I, I have no recollection of sending those things. Uh, the only reason I know that I did send them is because I look back in my text history and I can see yeah. it. But I texted you. I texted my mom. I texted yeah. my, I texted my sister. I texted the team. It was yeah. like... And then my wife took my took, took my phone off me, apparently, which I don't have any recollection of. But we drove to the pharmacy to get even more drugs yeah, to help with the painkillers. Because you needed
1: some, obviously.
2: Apparently. <laughs> and we're waiting for the uh, pharmacist. And I'm like, where's my phone? And she's like, I took it off you. You look like you were drunk texting.
1: <laughs> you were.
2: And apparently I was. Oh, yeah. It was so. good stuff. Nothing ended up on social media. Totally
1: made my day. I, well, what? we promised not to. We promised just to let it slide.
2: I'm glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine this like secret sly text conversation yeah. that you guys had that wasn't including me. So
1: Yeah, side text.
2: Side text. Side
1: text. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're feeling better and able to talk today. And I'm feeling
2: better. A lot yeah. less swollen and, and good yeah. stuff like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's good. Hmm. Well, should we get at this or what? Let's do it. Okay. So news and follow-up checkmark chrome extension i don't remember anything about this so you're gonna have to like refresh my memory
2: so a few episodes ago um i think i mentioned the checkmark chrome extension as a a tech nugget yeah and it was a way where teachers could it's an add-on for um google docs i believe and it's a way that you could um give feedback to students on like an essay or something Uh and the, the only problem with it at the time that people um didn't like about it was that you couldn't customize your comments you chose them from a comment bank and and now an update has uh, given you the power to have customizable comments that's nice yes i think so
1: all right um so just recently i think this week like maybe two days ago or so i saw that book creator had added real-time collaboration um it's just a paid version though, of Book Creator. So okay. you don't get the collaboration um, in the free version of Book Creator.
2: This is Book Creator for Chrome, is book that right? Book Creator for Chrome, yeah, okay. thanks. I no should one have getting probably mixed up with yeah, the Yeah, right, iPad one. right.
1: Um, so from what I understand, because I went in and took a look at it a little bit, is that all of the students have to be in the same library. Okay. Um, so you can't just, like, send someone an email and say, hey, do you want to collaborate on this book? It has to be someone that is within your library. Um but, yeah, kind of a nice little add-on for a book creator, so something to take a look at.
2: Cool. Um, yes? I don't know which one to do next.
1: Do your Google group one. Okay. This is a good one.
2: I created a Google group to right. fix one of my pet hates about Inbox.
1: Oh, I hate this, too. And we
2: talked about this, I think, in the show last time. We were using did. Gmail or Inbox by... Is it Inbox by Gmail or Inbox by Google?
1: Inbox by Google, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know how it's inbox.google.com.
2: I'm still using that inbox product that is created by Google. (laughs) And uh, whatever
1: you call it. (laughs) One of the
2: things I didn't like was I did not get any of my contact groups pulled over and it didn't recognize any. So I fixed that by creating a Google group for our team and
1: within our domain.
2: Within our domain, right. yeah. So that's basically how I got around that little one.
1: I know. I'm going to start using that too. I just thought about it the other day. You I haven't sent any like group emails for a while, so I'm gonna. I'll definitely remember that. So thanks for solving that problem.
2: Sharing is caring, Mindy. That you is know, true. We want your words of wisdom.
1: Oh yeah, I don't have many. Um, next up, these next two, I don't know anything about. I'm going to let you talk about them. Twitter launches bookmarks. Yeah. A private way to save tweets. Tell so, me more about that.
2: I think in, in the old days before they had, what did they have before? Like the heart. Do you remember? Did they have something before? It was a star. It was a star. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. you starred, favorite it. Yeah. To favorite things. So yeah. if you want to go back and look at tweets later. And then they changed it to the heart. Yeah. And that kind of changed the meaning a bit to like, oh, I like, I like your it. tweet. Yes. Yeah. So they've gone back and you've given you the option to like um, save things. And yeah. if you look in your app for iOS or Android, you'll now see like a little arrow next to um, the heart icon. Okay. And if you tap on that, oh, one yeah. of the options is bookmark this tweet. Oh. So if there's a tweet you want to go back and look at later, um, you can bookmark it. And yeah. you can go back to your profile and find your bookmarks and go find them in there. Which
1: is kind of nice because I have that even with if... <laughs>
2: if... Yes.
1: I-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-T. Lots of T's. Yeah. Um, or there's a lot of T's. There's it a lot lots of F's. T's. It's lots of T's. Okay. So I have that and I never go back and look at it. It's just like a spreadsheet in my Google Drive somewhere. But this maybe would be something I'd be more likely to use than going to find that.
2: Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Something different. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do long term storage there like a social yeah. bookmarking type yeah, of thing. But right. if you just want to save it and go back and look at things later and find it, it could be a quick way to do it.
1: Yeah. it's nice. All right.
2: The other one was. Uh, Tip I noticed from Richard Byrne, which is View Pure. Have you ever used View Pure before? Yes, yep. It's that um, tool you use to make a YouTube video uh, in a nicer environment without sidebars and ads and all right. that stuff. It just cleans up the whole YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Those guys have started to put together some curated playlists for educators.
1: So they're putting them together or you can create your own curated playlist if you here?
2: They are putting them together. Okay. So they're curating them and putting them together, sorting them by subject and, and things mm. like that. So if you're looking for elementary math, and you can drill down a little bit through it. And they're going through... Maybe they're seeing some of the popular videos that teachers are putting through their platform and tagging them, or they've just got some educators or knowledgeable people on staff that are going through and filling out some stuff. So it's early days. There's not a a huge number there. But if you're thinking, I use ViewPure already, and I use educational videos, we'll put a link in the show notes, and you can go see what they have.
1: Nice. Nice. All right, up next, main course, serve to you piping hot, physical education and technology. We're going a little off-grid here for us.
2: Yeah, this is an We're in the weeds one. right now, right? We are. <laughs> we are. We are. That's we why, are. <laughs> that's why <laughs> we brought us. in some experts to help with this.
1: Yeah, so today we're going to be talking with uh, Carrie Bullis and Ryan Gatto, um, who have a lot more experience with technology and physical education. That's why we brought them in as our experts. Yeah, so we have two guests today. We have um, Carrie Bullis and Ryan Gatto. So, Carrie, do you want to start and tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi,
3: everybody. I'm Carrie Bullis, and I teach at Williamsburg High School. Um, I teach eighth through 12th grade physical education, and um, this is my 13th year teaching.
0: All right. How about Ryan? All right. uh, I spent um, eight years teaching physical education. I spent two years at the high school level teaching both 10th grade health and physical education. And then I spent six years teaching physical education at the elementary level. Uh, the last four years, I've been a technology integration coach for the Linmar Community School District at the elementary level. Very good.
1: So do you want to tell us a little bit, how about, Carrie, we start with you. What What does it look like with technology being used in the gym? What's that look like? You know, I think it
3: depends on what we're teaching. Um, we are one-to-one with MacBooks, and um, the kids... You know, traditionally just have theirs with them in the locker room. We don't have them bring them to class every day um, unless we know ahead of time, you know, you guys need to have your computers tomorrow. Um, Otherwise, we just, hey, go grab your computers real fast. They grab them out of the locker room, they come in. um, And, you know, what we're using them for is. You know, it just depends on what it is. Like, we just finished our dance unit. Um, They worked on choreography, you know, worked on coming up with, you know, searching YouTube for music and and different dance steps and things like that. You know, they're using Google Classroom in our classroom. They're using, you know, different things. So it just kind of, it kind of depends on what we're working on. And um, I think for the most part, it's used for research in my classroom.
2: Cool, yeah, because I think it's, it's one of those things that, um, I don't know, I, I know I've I've met teachers in the past and uh, they've said things like, or, or you hear this from other teachers online and they'll say, well, yeah, I'm a PE teacher. I I don't use technology. I don't, I don't need computers because my kids are always doing activities and exercise and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's just trying to open people's eyes a little bit and make people think about different ways that technology can be used so ryan do you have any examples yeah
0: i think uh, i think a lot of teachers i think a lot of physical education teachers they think of uh pe as a time when it's it's a way for students to get away from all that technology and and i don't think that's really right. the case i think you can you can gain a lot um let's face it students love technology um and it can really add to a class uh there's a lot of great videos out there uh, a lot of um assessment tools um the The video feature is is just great, so students can videotape each other, uh, and they can analyze analyze their skill and and uh, give each other feedback. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of benefits to adding technology in a physical education.
2: Because some of this is about students using technology, and other times it's about the the teacher using technology and things that the teachers can do. I know you and I have had many email chains back and forward on using Google forums and Autocrat and, and all that kind of craziness as well. So maybe, maybe talk about some of that too.
3: Um, yeah, I think for the most part, that's what people, you know, physical education teachers are using it more on the teacher side just for, um, to make things easier for us to, um, you know, project things like Ryan said, the the video part of it. Um, I just did a, a skills, you know, evaluation today, just a formative assessment. And I have, you know, I have my iPad and I can just go down and, and, um, I actually don't click in- anything if they, um, if they have everything correct, but if they, you know, are missing one thing, I, I, I just click no. And, and then I hit submit and it automatically sends it, you know, sends it through either if I use Fluberoo or if I just use the like quiz feature on Google form. And before they even get out of the locker room, they already, you know, have that in their email and the kids know exactly the things that they need to be working on you know, they they have that feedback right away. Whereas if I'm doing paper pencil, they're waiting until the next day to get that. Um, I don't just to us it's 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 definitely a lot more on the teacher side of it than than the student side of it within um within the class. Whereas the kids are using technology for our class, they might just not be using it on a daily basis inside of our class.
1: Yeah, yep. So um, you mentioned some formative assessments, which uh, use Fliberoo and forms. Are there any other things that you guys are using or have used in the past for formative assessments in um, with physical education?
0: Yeah, sure. We've had teachers use, uh, elementary teachers have used Seesaw. Um, so the students will videotape each other performing a, a skill that is assessed. Um, and then kids can actually, uh, if they don't like the recording, they can actually redo it. And they, if they say like, oh, I can do it better than that, they can perform the skill again. And then uh, they just share that they upload it up on a YouTube, and then the the teacher can actually assess it from Seesaw. I think a lot of people
3: are, used, at least elementary physical education teachers, are really seeing the benefits of using Seesaw in their classrooms. Um, you know, assessment and just like. As an advocacy tool to show parents, like this is, we're not just throwing a ball, you know, or you know, just showing the parents what it is that that they're doing in their classroom and what they're what the kids are learning. Um, another thing that we use is Go Formative. A lot of times, it's I like the feature where I can um, I can kind of you know draw the X's and I can have kids show by just drawing an arrow on there to, you know, where, where should this defensive person be? Or, um, you know, if, if all of, if all of these hockey players are here, um, you know, where should they, where should you pass the puck or um, just nice things like that, that they, it's not something that they would have to do just paper and pencil and we can just do it on the computer and it's quick and easy.
2: Talk to us more about the, um, the video part. Is that like a have that like a, a video modeling type thing where they'll have like a I don't know like a YouTube video of like people doing a certain exercise or something Is it that kind of thing you're using it for or is it um, rec- students recording each other or, or all, all that kind of stuff together?
0: I think it's kind of a combination of the two. Uh, mm-hmm. So a lot of teachers will use possibly like QR codes and YouTube videos uh, in order to teach a skill. Um, and then we can also have, have students record each other. Um, just analyzing their own performance, I think, I think is an important piece. Um, and there's actually some apps that you can you can create like a video delay. So you can set it for like a five-second video delay. You can perform the skill, and then you can just look at the iPad really quickly. And you can, you can see how you perform that skill. And you can uh, critique like your technique and things like that. So there's a lot of neat apps uh, for video recording.
1: So are you having are students recording each other then or do you have um, a stand set up or I'm just kind of thinking of the nuts and bolts of it?
0: Yeah, you can have it like as a station. So station rotation and one of the stations is you can have an iPad set up and the students performing a skill in front of it. So, for example, like one thing elementary students really struggle with is their push ups. Uh, a lot of times their bottom will come up in the air or it'll sag way down. Uh, so a lot of times uh, before we do fitness testing, I'll set that iPad up for them. And then they can perform the skill and look at look at the iPad really quickly. And since it's on that little uh, five or ten second delay, they can look over and they can kind of correct their own technique on their own. Um, so that's one thing that I've used it for in the past.
3: We project video a lot. I mean, whether it's in a yoga app or um, it might be it might be dance. It might be, you know, an exercise. You use gifts a lot in PE. Um, but it it's a nice thing that if I'm in front of the class and I'm teaching step aerobics or I'm teaching Zumba, I have no way of, I mean, I could, but I would never just like stop in the middle of my, my three-minute Zumba song to correct somebody's technique or help them out with with something. Whereas if somebody else is leading that class for me, I have the ability to go around and, and, you know, show them the correct technique that they, you know, they might just be missing this one little piece in their, you know, in their downward dog. But if I'm up in front of the class, and I'm leading that, then it's really hard. I mean, uh, you can just imagine you can't, you can't stop the class for that. So that's one of the, the really nice things. I know people. At first, I struggled a lot with like, well, then I'm not teaching. Well, no, I'm actually doing more teaching because I'm, you know, I'm the one giving feedback and I'm the one when teaching. I'm just not actually leading the Zumba class myself. I'm able to go around and help people where they need help.
1: I have a really important question. Um, Carrie, what are the chances that that you could bring Zumba to Grantwood A AA? <laughs> you just come and teach a class.
3: I don't know
2: if that's appropriate, Mindy.
1: It's not, why not?
3: That, would Jonathan do it?
2: Do I need spandex for that?
3: You you can wear whatever you want to wear, that's what what I tell my kids.
2: Uh (laughs) Whatever
3: you feel comfortable wearing is fine.
2: (laughs) I don't think anybody wants to see that, really.
1: (laughs) You're right, we don't. (laughs) So, Carrie um, and Ryan, you might have some ideas of this, too. You had mentioned about um, you know, like Projecting video and stuff and I remember like when I was in the classroom having like yoga apps and stuff I had kids that I always felt like just needed to take a break from you know, the structure of the classroom and would um there'd be apps that I could run and they would just do yoga poses and stuff like that out in the hallway. Are there things like that that you could recommend um, to teachers? You're like, hey, even like for a classroom teacher, like for they want to get kids moving a little bit. Are there recommendations that you have for some of those things, even just in a gen ed classroom?
0: Yeah, there's a there's a lot of different tools out there. Uh, You know, there's a lot of research that goes into physical activity and brain development and and uh, athletic, mm-hmm. or uh, I'm sorry, academic performance. Um, so there's a whole bunch of things. A really popular one right now is Go Noodle. Uh, so they have a lot of videos that uh, that they'll run your students through a workout. Uh, so it's it's great for like if there's indoor recess. Uh, we're kind of getting past that right now, but um, it's great for in the winter when it's when you go through those cold streaks and your kids just need to get up and moving. Uh, there's um, some videos called Jam in Minutes, uh, Mesquite. Mesquite is a school district that has a bunch of. I think they have like fifty five different videos uh, where they'll put your class through a little mini workout. Uh, there's there's also um, something called brain breaks, and then there's uh, there's another uh, PDF, free PDF that puts the students through through some uh, light workouts called activity bursts in the classroom. Uh, so it's ABCs for fitness is another another word for that. Um, so. There, there's a lot of and if you just do a Google search for brain breaks or physical activity in the classroom you're gonna you're gonna come up with a ton of results uh, to, to give those students a little uh, brain break Carrie is that anything that
2: uh, people do at the secondary level or or do you not see as much of that up there
3: um i I definitely don't think that you see as much of it up here but I think over the years it's gotten definitely more common um, there's I think you know, even at the high school level, the kids, the kids need that break. Yeah. Um, depending on how their day looks, they they do get that. Uh, depending on you know if they have forty minute classes or if they have eighty minute classes, and you're definitely pushing if you know if schools are still at the eighty minute time you know having block scheduling that they are stopping in the middle of their classes or it, it's not even just stopping it's not you know you don't have to do a brain break it's it's the um you know having that kinesthetic classroom so you know figuring out ways that how you can teach the curricul- curriculum that you already teach but you know getting them up and moving so you know getting them up and and doing a walk and talk with their class or getting them up and, and, you know, doing the blended learning where you, you write on the, what are they called? Just the big pieces of paper on the wall when they have to go around to different stations and things like that. But just getting them up and moving is, is definitely, um, you know, needed at the high school level. But, um, like I said, it's more commonplace. Like it might not just be stopping though. It might be continuing what you are doing, but just being, you know, more cognizant of, of how you are teaching it. And are you teaching it where the kids are just sitting there? Um, though, and the one that I was going to add to, to Ryan's list was Sorkit kids. That one's kind of an interval one, but it's definitely, um, you know, it's made for kids by kids and it's, it's a good – they have a, a Sworkit one that's for adults. That's that's a really good one that I use at the high school level. But they have a, a kids one at the for the elementary kids as well.
0: It's kind of funny. I went from uh, going to PE conferences to technology conferences. And when you make that switch, you realize how important those little brain breaks are. Oh, yeah. Uh, getting up and actually moving. Because when you go to a PE conference, that's all you do is you, you – it's hands-on. Oh, yeah. You're, there's a lot of physical activity. And then you go to these tech conferences and you just sit there all day long and you realize – how important it is to get up and actually move around. Um, so that's that's my like aha. That was my aha.
2: That's an interesting observation for sure. There's there's a lot of sit and get at uh, edtech conferences and things like that now. I mean some of the sessions are, they're trying to do more hands on stuff and workshop it and things like that but uh, yeah. Maybe we need to go to some more PE conferences Mindy. Yeah no for kidding.
3: Sure. <laughs> we have one coming up in Nashville oh. so two weeks.
2: Do they have Zumba there? <laughs>
3: Um, they, I'm sure they have, Zoom, they have lots of dance, we have lots of dance stuff, but I'm actually um, presenting with some other people and we're doing a technology session, so we'll see how it goes.
2: Very cool. So, I mean, thinking about moving around, I'm, I see here, Ryan, that you put on on the show notes here that you did an elementary blended learning PE unit once, and that's, you know, that's becoming really popular with our teachers in uh, just the regular classroom, that station rotation model, but, I mean, that's... seems like a no-brainer that must work really awesome for for PE and makes so much sense
0: yeah it was great you know uh when I think about um myself like going through school and I look at the way that I exercise now it's completely different um and you look at like my wife my wife got big into yoga and when I was in school if you would ask me what yoga was I probably would have said like yogi the bear yeah um I had no idea you know and probably no one really did but what I wanted wanted the students to realize is that just because we don't go over it in school doesn't mean that you can't learn it. And, uh, you know, YouTube's a great, a great asset for, for teachers and for education. And, you know, uh, chances are, if you want to learn a new skill, there's probably an expert somewhere in the world that's posted how to, how to learn that new skill on YouTube and you can find it in 30 seconds. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to teach teach kids that, uh, just because they don't learn it in school, they, that there's other resources out there for them to learn it. Um, so what I did is we took, uh, four different activities, four different units. We split the gym into four quadrants. And then we, uh, I found videos for each one of those, those, uh, units. So kids got a choice on what unit they wanted to learn about. Uh, and then they went up to QR codes, scanned it, uh, learned part of that skill. And then they practiced and then once, once they uh, felt comfortable with it, then they scanned the next QR code, and we kind of built um, from there. So it turned out to be a great activity. Kids loved it. Uh, there was a lot of buy-in because the kids had, had choice in, in what they wanted to do. Um, so it was, it was a really neat activity. Cool. Thanks for sharing.
1: QR codes are, like, built for... PE, I think. I mean, they're, they're awesome everywhere, but man, it's so easy to use a QR code and something like that. Just a quick scan and gives kids exactly what you want them to have. It's I love QR codes. It's great.
2: When I was uh, trying to prep this podcast, um, I, I was thinking about people I follow or learn from online and social media and things like that. And in terms of PE and technology, I can only think of one person, and uh, that's probably just my my limited uh, scope on this here. But I, I follow a lot of the stuff that the uh, the PE geek does, and uh, Kerry has uh, handily put his name in here, Jared Rubison. Um Who else should we be looking at? Or and, and how amazing is, is the PE geek?
3: I will attest to that. He's amazing. Um, he did. I mean, he just he does a really good job of of you know answering people's questions and putting out um good you know premium content free content most of the time as well um he does a lot of he has his own podcasts um but i i just think that he's available
2: but i just noticed we've got episode 65 of the pe geek featuring carrie bullis already been on their podcast there <laughs> eh? Looks Way like you were, that you were talking Fluberu, Google yeah. Drive, Twitter, Voxer. So, yeah. I,
3: all the same stuff.
2: You're <laughs> internet famous. <That's>
3: <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know another one down the list that are, I put on um, is voxerpe.com. And we have lots of different um, Voxer chat groups that are PE and health groups that. Um, I mean, I, I think we probably have one of the biggest, you know, PLCs out there that um, you can find a Voxer group that will fit your exact names, whether you're an adapted PE teacher or you just teach aquatics or you just teach um, elementary, those are all on there. We also have a technology group on there and he's in there, so you, I mean, he's just a Vox away that you can ask him a question. And I mean, there's, there's lots of people that are, um, you might, might not be doing as much as Jared, but that are, you know, just as capable of answering questions and, and giving ideas is probably the biggest thing that, that Voxer gives you, even if you didn't think that you had a question, you know, just by listening to other people, um, they, you're able to hear their questions and you're like, Oh, I never really thought about it that way. Or, you know, Oh, that's, that's a great idea. Um, so yeah, the voxerpe.com is definitely something that, that I would recommend people checking out if they're, um, into Voxer or if they're in, if they have
0: a long drive.
2: Brian, do you have any favorites or any go-to places that you like?
0: I'm not a big uh, social media guy. Um, there is a website, PE Universe, mm-hmm. where it's kind of a, it's a website where teachers can post videos of their lessons and activities. Um, Carrie, you actually shared with me a Google Drive folder uh, with a bunch of resources in there. Do you want to talk a little bit about that as well?
3: Yep. So we have a, a huge, um, just crowdsource Google Drive folder. So, right. Um, well, I mean, it got so big that we had to kind of. Reevaluate and change ownerships because you can only share it with 500 people. Um, so once we, once we hit that, we kind of had to like move things over. It got so big, but, um, I can, I can definitely put the, the link to that in the show notes, but it is a Google folder. What, if you wanted to be somebody who was, um, contributing to it, then, so like mine has, has my, I just have a folder that says Carrie Bullis, um, secondary PE. And then um, I just put it, anything that I think people could use or, you know, might want to look at or, you know, those type of things. And what's really nice about it is that it's searchable. So once you've added it to your drive, if I need a um, sports stacking activity for my adapted PE class, I just type in sports stacking. And now I have, you know, probably 30 different activities that other PE teachers have done in their classrooms. And it's all right there for me. And, um, so yeah, that's free for anybody to use. And then if you decide that you want to be a contributor to it, then I can give you editing rights, but it'll be just a viewable folder for everybody to see. And then that way we can try to keep it under 500 people that have editing rights to it.
2: Anything else we want to cover, Mindy or? Do you want to wrap that up, or maybe Shash, we'll you guys, or yeah, anything, anything else you, you guys, guys want to wanna... cover.
1: We didn't talk about gifts. Who
3: gifts are just easy for the kids to. You can easily just kind of look up if you have not projected for the kids to see exactly what it is that they. It's just a time saver for you as a teacher too. So you're not showing them eight thousand times. You know how to do a proper burpee that so they can see what it is. Um, but there's lots of different different activities that you can use with the gifts that are that are up there dice games and things like that that I've seen um but it, we also use them in assessment so it just you know just having the video but having it keep going over and over again so if you know we're assessing them over d- the different types of stretches or or even um I I just made one with the for the like a tennis serve um and it can just, it'll just loop over and over again instead of having them before. I, and maybe it's not even like this anymore, but before, you know, you put in a, a YouTube video and then it kind of stopped and it went to a different video or it, you know, it might not loop it back for you. So the gifts are just an, a really nice thing in, in PE.
2: So are you creating these gifts, or are you finding them in other places?
3: Um, both.
2: Both. Okay. What are yes. you using to create your gifts?
3: I use, if I'm on my computer, depending on what it is that we're doing, I use the Make GIF um, Chrome extension. Oh, okay. Just Make GIF, all one word, video capture, and it's Chrome extension. It's super easy to use. Um, So then I can just, you know, my teaching partner had to do, he did the different stretches and I just videotaped it and then we made it a GIF.
1: All right. Well, Carrie and Ryan, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with your all your huge wealth of knowledge with us about um, physical education and tech tools. We uh, definitely could not could not have done this episode without you.
0: Thanks for having us.
3: Yes, thank you so much. And you guys could. It just takes a lot of a lot of creativity of thinking. You know, outside the box of, of all the you know awesome things that you can use technology for. You're giving us way
2: too much credit. (laughs) Thanks again, guys.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: All right, now to my favorite part of the show. It's time for tech nuggets.
2: That's it. No nuggety, nuggety, nuggety. (laughs)
1: Not today. Not Not, today. I felt like I spent all my energy on your introduction.
2: That was a lot of energy. Yeah, it
1: was. I only have so much it's yeah. late in the afternoon today <laughs>
2: it is you're right
1: all right you go first what you got
2: all right my first one here is one i i don't even know where i found this i came okay. across it by <laughs> it's accident good, yeah. so somebody's gonna go i told you about that and i'm like yeah, yeah sorry um it's called card okay and it's card with two r's uh-huh. card.co um and i came across this i thought it was interesting that there's a Something I, I tend to recommend to, you know, high schoolers when I work with them, if I ever have to do that kind of preparing for the workforce or going to college and stuff like that, you know, Gina and I have done some work with people on that before. Nice. And one of the things we recommend is that they have some kind of online profile put together. So right. we encourage them to like create a LinkedIn account, to create some social media accounts, so that when people Google them and search these people online, that they find Something positive about them. Sure. So you know, one of the ones I've used for a long time is called About Me. Yes. Do you have one of those? I do. In fact, I saw yours recently. Why? I th- I I'm think it was in me your
1: online. You don't need to stalk me. We live next door to each other.
2: I think it, it was on your like email signature or something, and no. I hadn't seen it before. I, I saw it you... somewhere and I clicked on it, and I was like, Oh, I didn't know Mindy had one of these.
1: Oh, what? Because I'm not good enough to have one.
2: What? Not what I was thinking at all. I just was unaware. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: um, yep.
2: So card is like about about.me oh, okay. is, the, is the long story short. All right. Um, but it's also interesting. You don't have to use it just for that, but you can put together like a one-page website. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to do a one-page website for something similar to like a s'more or something like that, you can do that in here. Or you can just put together like a one-page kind of online resume profile type thing where you upload a picture of yourself, mm-hmm. put some information, add some links. If you want to get techie and geeky you can edit the hi- the html and change all those other stuff on there too yeah free for up to three sites per account
1: oh. and
2: uh you get to be co forward slash jonathan wiley or okay. whatever you want to be
1: and about me is just like one it's just one thing that's right? just one. it's been a while yeah. since i've been back to, yeah yeah but and you can only do so many links on there too right i think so yeah, yeah. You but can, um, yeah,
2: with card you get three huh. one-page websites for free
1: nice okay all right, so my first Tech Nugget is actually a Tech Nugget from my kids, if you can believe it. They have been talking about this guy, Mystery Doug, at home, and I finally, I kind of got the gist of it from what they were telling me, but I finally looked it up. And so Mystery Doug is um, this guy who answers questions that students pose just about, I don't know, just questions that kids ask, like um, the one up right now is about why and how hand sanitizer works and things like that. So um, it's kind of just like a quick five-minute video answering a um, kid-based question and um, just kind of does it in an interesting way, I guess. So my kids really, really love Mystery Doug and it is free. I kind of looked at it a little bit more closely after I created an account and from what I see for it to be like completely free free you have to invite 5 people and then all of the videos get unlocked but until then there's only like a video or two that you can watch so you have to kind of start the pyramid or the waterfall effect and invite 5 friends but then it unlocks all of your videos there is also uh after each video a little writing prompt for kids um i don't know if i necessarily call it like a writing prompt, but it is, um, a sheet that kids can write on, um, that answers, um, the question that was posed. So, uh, how does hand sanitizer work? And then the kids write their answer of what they took away. So more maybe of kind of just like a quick check-in to see if the kids, uh, grasp the knowledge that Mystery Doug was sharing. So I suggest you go to that one, mysterydoug.com and take a look and see if maybe there's something that you'll find there that you like.
2: To solve all those questions yeah, that kids have the burning have questions yes. out there. Yes. Mystery like Doug
1: it. has your answers, apparently.
2: Okay. Okay. I'm going to find it hard to follow that one, yeah. I think. <laughs> um, all right. So a couple of episodes ago, I talked about a Microsoft app called Seeing AI. Do you right. remember that one? I do. Where you kind of like take pictures of things and it will tell you what's in the scene mm-hmm. or it will like guess the gender or age of a person on there and it's for those low vision uh, community yeah Um, they have another one that's similar and for the same type of people i just thought it worth mentioning again just from a technological curiosity standpoint i think it's really interesting it's called microsoft soundscape okay and the way it works is you you put headphones in or bluetooth headphones or something Mm -hmm. and as you're walking down the street it will call out at different points, things that you pass along the way. So if you are passing Starbucks on your right, in the right earbud, it will say Starbucks is on the right. No way, really. Yeah, and as you come to an intersection, it will say this is the intersection of johnson Fifth in Maine and Fifth or, something. or whatever yeah and it'll read out the places where you are as you're walking down the street and and a lot of these people have like guide dogs and things to help them and obviously that will make sure that they get to the places they need to get to but just to give them some context of yeah. where they are and they do this thing that's called 3d audio so that if it's behind you it'll make it sound like it's behind you in your headphones do you have have special or the headphones or something right. like that there are some headphones okay. that they do recommend for it but it can be any headphones in well. theory yeah so kind of an interesting app. I mean, like I said, it's not going to be for everybody, right. but worth a look if yeah. you're just interested in some very interesting technology. There's a video on there that shows people using it and the effect that it has for them. And these people are saying that it's very beneficial for them just to hmm. you know have that extra support. Nice. So Microsoft Soundscape. It's okay. a free app for iOS.
1: Okay, So um, my last Tech Nugget is something that we've just kind of see kind of, I don't know, fire up here in the last week or so, and it's the Merge Cube. And we took a look at these, I don't know. I mean, they've been around for a little bit, like at least a couple months, right? Yeah. You agree, yeah. Um, Except that Walmart just had them on like a fire sale for a dollar. And so we're seeing Merge Cube like totally just took off this last week and a half, two weeks.
2: I was a little scared. Well, not scared, but nervous that they were selling them for a dollar. I thought, does that mean they're just getting rid of all their stock and they weren't making them anymore? But no, they've gone back up to normal price now and they're still selling them. So So,
1: um, what's interesting about this, Little Merge Cube, and then we bought a couple because we're like, well, you know, everybody's kind of talking about these right now. We should probably get them in and take a look at them. So it kind of works. We've talked a little bit about Erasmus here and there, haven't Mm -hmm. we? About that trigger with the augmented reality, and so this little cube is a trigger for um, some different apps that are created by Merge Cube. Some of them are free, and some of them are paid. And um, this little cube becomes a trigger then for some different augmented reality. So um, we haven't played with it a whole lot, and we'll definitely do this in news and follow-up. But uh, something maybe to take a look at. We're seeing it kind of pop up on Twitter all of a sudden. And what's neat about it is that, you know, just for a dollar, you could bring in augmented reality to your classroom um, and have it right there, pre-made, ready to go for you. So I think that's kind of where some of the interest lies, too. So...
2: Yeah, I think it's one of those things that's got a lot of potential, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of which way are they going to develop this? Are they going to develop it more of like a game and a toy, yeah. or are they going to develop it more of an educational thing, or right. are they going to try and do both? I mean, you look at people like Osmo, who've got those kind of similar kind of decisions mm-hmm. to make and where they go with that, and they mm-hmm. do a pretty good job, I think, of striding both both parts yep. for uh, making it an educational game and, and yeah. stuff like that, but... But yeah, we'd
1: really like to see too the ability to create with the Merch Cube, right? So if Merch yeah. Cube, you're listening, yeah. we want our kids to be able to create some AR using your.
2: That'd be really fun. Tool, yeah, yeah.
1: You got any podcast picks?
2: Um, I do. What have- you got?
1: What you got on your player right now?
2: I do have one podcast pick I thought might be worth um, sharing, and this is a new okay. one by Seth Gordon. Do you know Seth Godin? Or have you heard Seth Godin? Why
1: does that name sound familiar? Yes. I mean, the name sounds familiar, but. He's a pretty well
2: known um, author and uh, thought leader, I would say. Okay. Um, He has a new podcast called Akimbo and an unusual name. I don't remember the origins of it, but if you listen to episode one, he talks about the origins of Akimbo. Okay.
1: Um, Don't spoil it on me.
2: There you go. Okay. Let's go with that. (laughs) You can't remember, but let's go as a spoiler warning. Um. I just listened to episode three, and I think that's a really good one to start on. Uh, episode three talks about um, why average isn't something we should be ever trying to aim for or design for anymore. He had this really interesting story about how um, fighter pilots in like the 1950s, you know, they were finding they were having a really high percentage of... Um, crashes or accidents and things like that. And they brought in these engineers to look at the planes and things. And one of the things they decided was the seats haven't been changed in like 30 years or something. Okay. And people are... Different sizes now. They're stronger. They're fitter. They're Mm -hmm. they're bigger. So he redesigned a seat based on what the average would be from all these different measurements. And what he found out was it basically only fit like three percent of their pilots when you design for the average. And I'm like, this reminds me so much of. And then he went straight into education and saying how in education that's what we do. We yeah take our instruction and we send it straight down the middle at the average kid Mm -hmm. and the kids on the bottom it's too hard for and the kids on the top is too easy for and then the average we think is the majority of our kids but it's It's not always majority of our kids anymore so um he's he's got he's very sensitive to educational needs he's not only talking about education but he's uh talks about business and entrepreneurs and stuff like that too but um akimbo by seth godin he's he's a very thought-provoking guy i think he's very intelligent and i enjoy listening to him
1: ah all right well, I have a podcast pick. and I know you don't want to hear it because it's a crime investigative podcast.
2: Oh, really? That's a surprise. Yeah, you always surprise. turn your nose
1: up at my, oh, is this another crime podcast you're listening to?
2: Is this another crime <laughs> podcast you're listening to?
1: Oh, thanks for asking. Yes, it is. What's it um, So I've been listening to In the Dark, and um, it is about um, a child who went missing in Minnesota um, back like in the... Um, Mid 80s, late 80s. And interestingly enough, um, as I was kind of listening to it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this kid and I are the same age. This was like when I was a kid. Wow. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Can it? And um, so uh, it's a little boy called Jacob Wetterling. And what's interesting is that I really, I did not, I had not known this story. um, But apparently, it was a pretty big story um, at the time that it happened, and there was like a nationwide search for this child. And uh, I, I think it's really interesting because it talks a lot about the um, investigation that was done by the police officers and kind of picks apart why it took so long to find Jacob. So um, it's kind of a quick listen, I think, and um, there's two seasons. I'm only on season one, but I would uh, definitely – Maybe listen to that one if you like crime podcasts.
2: Every time I see articles or stories about podcasts being popular, crime podcasts are apparently a very popular genre. Everybody loves them.
1: Well, I mean, if you look look at Law and Order and CSI, I mean, those are popular TV shows. It's the same thing, you know? Yeah. We like suspense, right? I think so. Yeah, and I think that's, yeah. That makes sense. I really like this one a lot.
2: All right, better wrap it up then. Um, okay. I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Daryl Loy and Kim Watson for giving us props on Twitter recently. And seeing as this was a podcast all about PE and technology, Mindy, can you tell us your uh, story about your seesaw session with Anne Griffin's <laughs> PE okay. meeting the other I day? I have seen this. I thought all that right. was worth <laughs> sharing.
1: So um, I normally don't get um, as – not. I, I don't know how to say this without coming across like, well, I'm your sidekick and I get that. So a lot of times you get like, oh, yeah, I met somebody and they're like, oh, your voice sounds really familiar. Oh, my gosh. Are you on the podcast? And anyway, I don't normally get that. So I was in um, helping one of our consultants here at Grant Wood with a um, class that she was teaching. And she wanted me to come in and talk about Seesaw. And so in the middle of me talking, Jared – hi, Jared, um, like called out in the middle of um, me talking, oh my gosh, are you on that Tech Takeout? Are you Mindy from the Tech Takeout? And I was like, um, yeah, <laughs> yes, I am. Um, and so I had never really gotten that before. So uh, that kind of made me smile. And then he like sent out a nice tweet like maybe the next morning or that night i don't know and said that he was really excited to meet me so
2: he wanted your autograph
1: yeah um my autograph's not worth anything but so that was really nice so hi jared carter thank you so much for um giving us a shout out on twitter and and recognizing me (laughs) i don't know what
2: that's (laughs) fine all right so i am jonathan wiley on twitter mindy is at team carney our team account is at dlgwaea and if you want you can use our hashtag #edtechtakeout to tag the show just like those nice people did if you prefer you can send us an email to podcast at gwaea.org so until next time
1: this has been the edtech takeout we hope it hit the spot
0: for more information on today's episode please visit dlgwaea.org slash podcast